are. It is time for Paladino Live once again. It is episode number 18 of Paladino Live. We are ready to rock and roll here on July 3rd, 1998. No, I'm kidding. July 3rd, 2008. I'm still stuck in the 90s. Boy, do I miss those days. Guy by the name of Randy Moss was enjoying his rookie year. Yeah, that was pretty cool. But no, anyhow, here we are on Paladino Live, ready to rock and roll. We have a pretty big show today, folks. Um, I apologize that there hasn't been a show for about two weeks since the uh, 17th of June. Yeah, I was going to have a show last week, but there's just too much going on. I was too busy, too tired, too worn out from two jobs and all that stuff. And plus, it's summer, and sometimes when you get some time off, you just want to relax and have some fun. But uh, here we are on the sportstuff.com. That is our home page on for for Paladino Live. Uh, on the sportstuff.com, we have a message boards. It is on the sportspodcasters.com forward slash boards. The sportspodcasters.com forward slash boards. Also, there is a little button on the upper right hand corner called TSS Boards. Simply click on that, sign up. It is 100% free and 100% fun. It is worth it all the way. You can interact with all of us on there on the message boards. There's uh, boards for pretty much every major team and every major sport, including soccer and auto racing even also. I don't consider those major sports, but other people do. So, hey, they're available for all of you. Come one, come all, and enjoy. But, yeah, now to get to the uh, the guest of the show. As we like to shorten our intros a little teeny bit, that would be a good idea. But yeah, here on episode number 18 of Paladino Live, well, <laughs> there's some major news of the Minnesota Wild. Minnesota Timberwolves, of course, did a draft and uh, draft a trade. They got the guy I wanted and um, traded him. Alrighty then. Terrific. Yeah, I wanted to do that show last week, but just couldn't get around to it, so we're doing it now. So we're going to start off with the Minnesota Wild. We're going to talk some free agency news. Um, and that's pretty much, there's a lot of interesting stuff there. Not quite the splash you'd all want, but yeah, we added some pretty cool pieces, I have to admit, which is unexpected for the Minnesota Wild, to be honest. Uh, Timberwolves, of course, the draft. And we're going to talk a little twins, the surging Minnesota twins, as um, TC Talk not available uh, this summer. Um, busy schedule for Mr. TC Talk, uh, Andrew Gotsman. He does a great job, but um, unavailable this summer, so that's how it goes. And uh, I'm the other Minnesotan here on thesportstuff.com. So we're going to get things started right after this announcement. What's up, listeners? This is Farzine. I am the host of the Chiefs End Zone Show right here on thesportstuff.com where we cover the Kansas City Chiefs give our opinions, and go deep inside with the Kansas City Chiefs right here only on thesportsstuff.com. We encourage you Chiefs fans, you loud Chiefs fans out there, to get on the show, voice your opinions, get on our boards, and talk with us. All listeners, including Bronco fans, are allowed in our show. So be sure you check out the Chiefs End Zone Show right here on thesportsstuff.com with me, your host, Farzine. And we are back here on Paladino Live. Again, this is episode number 18, and we are going to get into the Minnesota Wild, first of all, as we're going to have um, three separate segments, or 
however it goes, however you'd like to call it. They are pretty much, you could call them segments. <laughs> wild, wolves, and twins, in that order. Wild, wolves, and twins. So, yeah, the Minnesota Wild. Remember Andrew Brunette? Remember the guy I was talking about on Colorado? How the, uh, you know, the Avalanche beat us, and Brunette got a couple of goals in the series, and I was saying he's, I just really enjoy Andrew Brunette, and how I really miss him, how the Wild gave up on him, uh, after the, uh, the lockout and the rule changes, the Wild said he wasn't gonna fit the system, or, you know, the new, the new rules, he would, it wouldn't work out, he'd be too slow. No, the Wild were dead wrong, as I was all, as I was saying in there, and guess who's back on the Minnesota Wild? Guess who's back? Andrew Brunette. Back with the Wild. I'm absolutely thrilled, absolutely thrilled, as is Doug Reisbrow, who admitted it was a mistake. Is right here in this report from the AP, and no, not Adrian Peterson, just the Associated Press. Doug Reisbrow has long regretted letting left-wing Andrew Brunette leave Minnesota in 2004. Once free agency opened Tuesday, Reisbrow didn't wait long to make amends for that decision. Brunette signed a three-year, $7 million deal, $7 million deal to return to the team he played for from 2001 to 2004. Absolutely phenomenal. Quote, Risebrow, we are better on the ice and in the dressing room with him back, Risebrow said. Not often do you get the chance to correct a mistake. And um, that says a lot about Doug Risebrow, how he's openly admitting he made a mistake. And uh, Andrew Brunette, of course, Willing to forgive and forget and return back to the team he loves, the state he loves, the state of hockey, Minnesota, and um, absolutely wonderful. Now, the Wild also losing Andrew Brunette. So, he kind of, unfortunately, it ended up being a trade-off. Now, to me, um, I've not been the biggest Brian Ralston fan. I've actually been a little bit of a critic of his, and I even mentioned trading him the idea of trading him for a uh, defenseman, if you can, an offensive power play quarterback type of defenseman, because the Wild so desperately have needed one of those for, oh, since the inception. There was a point in time I thought Nick Schultz would be that, but that's not what Nick Schultz's game is in the National Hockey League. In the juniors and in Houston, the AHL or whatever you call it, well, yeah, the AHL, the, the minor league affiliate for the Wild, he was that, but not in the pros. It's just not his game. He's a stay-at-home defenseman. Um, and I thought you could use Ralston as an asset. I faced some criticism on the uh, on the YouTube when I did a YouTube video asking that, but that's how it goes. And with that, um, Andrew, Brun- uh, Andrew Brunette being a more clutch player, in my opinion, over his career than Brian Ralston. I mean, when you need a goal from Brian Ralston, like this is what I was trying to get into in a previous show. I don't know why I wasn't really coming out right, but... When you need a goal from Brian Ralston, like you absolutely need it now, like say it's a shootout or late in the game, it just ain't going to happen, folks. It just ain't going to happen. He's just not a clutch player, in my opinion. Um, some people are going to disagree with me, as I'm sure he's, you know, he's made some big goals here and there, but Andrew Brunette is known for big goals over his career. Absolutely. He, he makes goals when you need them, or gets scores goals when you need them. Brian Ralston sometimes does. Uh, Brunette is just a better playoff performer and big game performer than Brian Ralston. So, to me, it works out great. Uh, both players, both players had 59 points last season. Uh, Ralston a little bit more of a goal scorer than Bruno, but, oh well, you know, Brunette's a great passer. Him and Marion Gabrick had wonderful, wonderful chemistry in the past, and i got to think Andrew Brunette returning to the wild is going to help 
bring that uh, old flair back to the wild. You know, him and Gabrick back together potentially on, on a line would just be a great thing. That also with the fact that uh, it's all all but done for uh, Demi, Pavel Dimitra, old Demi himself. Uh, total disappointment, Pavel Dimitra. I am just hated the trade when it happened, absolutely hated it. You give up one of your top prospects in Patrick O'Sullivan, and uh, and the first round pick you acquired for uh, his first round pick, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, for uh, Dwayne Rollison, we all saw that as an asset to build this team some more, and you traded away for Demi. Uh, Demetra and Gabrick had good chemistry early on, but it just it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out, and that's just all there is to it in that type of deal. An absolute shame that it didn't work out uh, since that time. Patrick O'Sullivan has emerged with the LA Kings. He has definitely, he's definitely on the right path at this time. As with the Wild desperately needing centers, they give up one, of course, for Demi. <laughs> and uh, Patrick O'Sullivan in his second year last year played all 82 games for the LA Kings, scored 22 goals at 31 assists, totaling 53 points in only a second season in the National Hockey League. So Patrick O'Sullivan absolutely heading in the right direction. Um, Pavel Dimitra, of course, getting older and declining. Uh, it, it was a gamble, and uh, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but I, I don't know. Dimitra always had a, has pretty much always had health, had uh, health issues in his career, injury prone. Uh, Patrick O'Sullivan, well, he is what he is, a high prospect, and he has a chance to be a pretty good hockey player. Not a big guy, but he scores when he needs to. He, he gets her done. He gets her done. And, um, we're just kind of in a position now where we gotta just, uh, add some more players via free agency and draft. Of course, the Minnesota Wild addressing the defenseman position on draft day and through a trade as uh, they signed, or not signed, I'm sorry, drafted <laughs> Tyler Kuma, defenseman in the first round. Now, the last time the Minnesota Wild took a defenseman in the first round, and the only other time, his name was A.J. Thielen, and he is out of the NHL completely, did not make the team, completely failed, he's gone. We'll see if he reemerges elsewhere. I have no idea where he is, his whereabouts. It's just a complete mystery at this point. We'll see if he is ever going to be good enough again. I doubt it personally. But yeah, Tyler Kuma, they also took two other defensemen in the, in the next two rounds. So the Minnesota Wild not messing around. They only had four picks this year. They take three defensemen and they finally nab a forward in the, uh, in the final round. I know very little about these players, um, but the Wild know what they're doing, I, I hope. And uh, really, in the past, the Wild have pretty much failed drafting defensemen. I mean, only two defensemen have really played for the Wild via the draft. Now, Lubomir Sekerich does not count because he was a second-round, was he a second-round pick, I believe, or third-round pick? No, he was a late-round pick, but he was already 32 way back in 2000. He had a solid first year and was pretty much out of the league by his second or third year. I believe it was his third year in the league. He was already done because he just wasn't, you know, he just really wasn't that good of a player. He just had a hot first season, and that was pretty much the end of that. Lubomir Sekerich, uh, Nick Schultz, of course, 
has made it in the NHL. Nothing special, just a stay-at-home defenseman, plays his role. Does it well, though. He's a very durable guy. And the other one, uh, sixth-round pick, Eric Reitz, finally making the NHL roster after pretty much forever. Other than that, guys like uh, Clayton Stoner and... And others, it's just I just don't know what to say. They haven't; they're they're not in the NHL. So, in the Minnesota Wild, defensive corps has not been that big a deal. Their their blue line has not been a big deal at all until Brent Burns finally emerged. And oh yeah, they have Kim Janssen. Yeah, well yeah, he cost a lot of money. He doesn't really worked out for anything, to be honest with you. He's he's okay. He had 27 points last year. Improved off his horrible first year in Minnesota, but. Uh, other than that, there hasn't been much to talk about for the blue line on the Minnesota Wild. Until the day the Wild signed Brunette, they also traded for Marek Zidlicki. Marek Zidlicki. Now, you're like, who's that? Well, some of you know, hockey fans will know who Marek Zidlicki is. He had 43 points as a defensive for the National Predators last year. 43. A very good hockey player. He all he had 30 points the year before here on Yahoo Sports, 49 in 2005-2006, and 53, 53, yes, as a rookie with the National Predators in 2003-2004 before the lockout, the year-long lockout, 53 points. So the Wild finally acquiring a guy who can do something. Now he's not a major goal scorer, but Look at his assists. His, his rookie year, 39 assists. His second year, 37. His third year, 26. And last year, 38. This guy gets it done on the power play, and that's what his job will be with the Minnesota Wild. A power play quarterback. The Wild finally have one to go along with Brent Burns now, as Brent Burns also had 43 points. And yeah, we also acquired uh, Bergeron as well, So, who had, I believe, was at 46 points two years ago, uh, split between two teams via trade. So... Um, Wild addressing the defenseman position finally, and we're going to see what happens. This Wild team has a chance to do something, and we hope they do it. Now, I was disappointed today. Earlier today, the Wild uh, did not get Marcus Naslin. They made a push for him, and uh, he wound up with the New York Rangers. What a surprise. You know, New York Rangers always seem to scoop up these uh, aging, uh, you know, these, these talented veteran guys. You know, they're getting a little older, but they're still good. The Rangers always pick them up, and it's frustrating. They never win anything, so it's like, who cares? What's the point of going there? It's like purgatory. That's pretty much what it is for all these veterans. Pretty much Dallas and uh, New York never accomplish anything. They just get old and uh, retire there, pretty much. Uh, the Wild, immediately, though, after Naslin left, went with the plan uh, C, I guess you could call it. <laughs> anti Maintenon. He was a Dallas star. Not really the kind of player you look at as anything exciting, as he had 30 points last year. No, 34 points last year, 25 the year before, 31 the year before that. And, uh, well, one point is he only played in 16 games the year before that. So uh, he's pretty much just kind of a grit guy. He's, I don't know, maybe a better version of uh, Stefan Veyu. Nothing exciting, really nothing exciting at all. Who knows? There's talk about that he's a lot more talented than he's shown, but how many times have we heard that? You know, you could say that about Stefan Veyu. Stefan Veyu had some pretty nice numbers in the minors and in the juniors, but 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 who hasn't? You know, <laughs> who who really hasn't? Uh, 
Nick Schultz looked like Chris Pronger in the juniors. I mean, of course he's going to look like Chris Pronger because that's what he is compared to the rest of them. But that's just how it goes. The Wild also make a couple of small moves, acquiring Craig Weller. He's pretty much a tough guy, an enforcer to replace the departed. Todd Fedorik, just heartbreaking to lose him as he was very valuable for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Craig Weller finally cracking the NHL roster after being drafted in 2000 by the St. Louis Blues in the fifth round. Finally cracking an NHL roster, playing 59 games, amassing 11 points and 80 penalty minutes. Uh, three goals, eight assists, nothing major. He's, I guess, a uh, poor man's Chris Simon, I guess, a big guy, six foot four, two twenty. 220. So, all right. There's talks that he's pretty much going to be on the roster. We'll see what happens. They're going to need somebody to replace Fedorik. It looks like the Wild are just trying to get tough, tougher. And, um, well, there's one good thing about that. When the Wild focused on that early on, that's when they made the playoff run. Not when they got to be more of a soft, kind of a scoring precision type of team the last couple of years. Because when that happened, yeah, the Wild get beat up in the first round and lose to teams like Colorado and Anaheim, especially Anaheim. They just got destroyed. Colorado played that tough defensive game and beat the Wild this year. They pretty much beat the Wild at their old game. In their own game, their old game, whatever you could call it. It was pretty much a switcheroo as the Wild had the more talented offensive players. Um, maybe not all all the way, but had more depth, I guess you could say. And uh, Colorado played that trap and shut the Wild down and scored on turnovers. So the Wild trying to go back to the old plan, of course, Andrew Brunette had a big part of that, and hopefully he can get some big goals in the playoffs for us again. Now, with that, I'm going to conclude the Minnesota Wild talk for now. We'll see if there's more news. There's uh, talk that this could be it, unless somebody falls into our lap after, uh, uh, you know, like the mass free agent signings happen, that maybe somebody else is just sitting there and we'll be able to take him for cheaper. Uh, also, the Wild re- re-signing uh, Curtis Foster, so that's good. You keep that depth on the line. The guy's got a really nice slap shot. Helps this team a lot. He's a nice fifth defenseman. As, um, the Wild have a pretty solid blue line, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they produce next year. And um, with that, we're going to move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves, the draft night talk, the trade, everything. We will be back very shortly. Here on the sportstuff.com, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. And we are back. And it is time to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves here on Paladino Live. You could call them the signature team of Paladino Live. There is a basketball on the cover, the uh, the logo of the show, you could call it, with a $100 bill that was meant to be, uh, you know, talk about little stocks on this show as well. Haven't gotten to that yet. Someday I probably will talk a little stocks just because, you know, that was going to be part of the original plan at one point. But anyhow, wow. Mm-mm-mm. I'm just seeing something right now, just literally fired up on the, uh, literally coming across the wire right here. Gilbert Arenas to sign for $111 million for six years. Wow. 
Is Gilbert Arenas worth that much money? I don't know. I really don't know about that. Chris Paul also going to get a deal worth up to $68 million. To me, Chris Paul is better than Gilbert Arenas. Now, he's a lot younger and a lot less established, but 111 for Gilbert Arenas? A guy that your head coach said is not a good leader? Okay. I'm not really, I don't know about that one. I really don't know about that. Mm, 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 mm. Man, that's that's like Garnett money. Whatever happened to the, uh, hmm, like the limit of how much money you can sign? That They can sign for that much again? <sighs> Here we go again. Oh, boy. Heaven help us all. Now, anyhow, on to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, on draft night, Derek Rose goes number one. No surprise. Michael Beasley goes number two graciously for the Miami Heat. They didn't make a mistake, even though it would have been a lot of fun for us here in Minnesota that Michael Beasley would have fallen to us, and that would have been the end of uh, to all these trade rumors at Memphis. Uh, yeah, the Minnesota Timberwolves do take O.J. Mayo, third overall. Me and Marcus, the forecaster, celebrate, and boy, did we celebrate. We were so excited. We finally got our guy. We'd been campaigning for him for five weeks, five weeks. So we sit there and bask in our, uh, well, <laughs> bask in our, I guess, our victory, you could call it. You know, all of us, Timberwolves fans, it was a big victory for all of us. That's what we wanted. We wanted a little orange juice with a side of mayo. Um, and uh, we just kept sitting there. We kept thinking. And then, yeah, Kevin Love. Now, the biggest surprise, uh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, was uh, Bryant Westbrook going number four to Seattle. I mean, I mean, Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another story going on right now today as we speak. Yeah, there they are, Oklahoma City now. They're no longer Seattle, and that that sucks. Their owner is a jackass, and uh, yeah, I shame on the Seattle Sonics' few, uh, former owners for selling the team to him. It's just another Norm Green, another crook, and uh, that's that's just too bad to see that kind of thing happen to a uh, established established. City, NBA City with an NBA championship, 41 years losing their team. But, yeah, I guess that's why they took Bryant Westbrook, because they figured there wouldn't be much complaining and bickering in Oklahoma City. Is they're like, oh, we finally get a team. Yeah, you won't have the Hornets with Chris Paul. That would have probably been funner. But, well, you do have Kevin Durant, Bryant Westbrook, uh, Jeff Green. So we'll see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, the fifth pick. Now, this is when I got a little bit nervous. Kevin Love going to the Memphis Grizzlies. As there was constant rumors that uh, Minnesota takes Mayo. Kevin Love goes to the Grizzlies, and the Wolves make some type of trade involving uh, Kevin Love and O.J. Mayo, of course, along with uh, Mike Miller and spare parts like the, the Walkers, the Yarishes. Well, actually, Walker was never brought up, but all of us Wolves fans are just hoping, huh, maybe we could throw, maybe we could get rid of Yarish somehow. Hmm, that'd be kind of cool. But then you'd have to lose O.J. Mayo and an opportunity to have a superstar to go with Al Jefferson. So it's like, oh, my God, we have O.J. Mayo. We're so excited. O.J. Mayo, man, I can't believe it. And uh, we wait and wait. We keep we keep thinking, oh, boy, watch, there's going to be a trade, and we're all going to be pissed off. We're just going to have Kevin Love, because Kevin McHale always wants his big men, because his big men have been so successful in the league. No, they haven't been, have they? Oh, well, Garnett worked out, but after that, no one else really did, except for Al Jefferson, you know, eventually. And, yeah, that's because <laughs> that was like a, you know, a uh, lucky acquisition we got for Garnett. But, yeah, other than that, 
you know, in, in the draft, the Wolves have pretty much failed drafting big men like the Rosho and Paul Grant and we know so many others. The Joe Smith, we didn't draft him, but we, you know, we're working with him. Didn't really get much out of him either. So yeah, cool. Uh, the draft just keeps going when we're like, oh good, sweet, there's probably no trade now. There's no trade. There's no trade. We're gonna be okay. OJ Mayo staying here. Fred Hoiberg goes in front of, uh, everybody. The Timberwolves draft party saying, OJ's our guy. He is not going anywhere. We are keeping him. You know, we're excited to have him. And, uh, time continues to pass. We get to the second round. And the Wolves take, uh, Pakovic, the, uh, the center from Europe and, uh, a very talented guy from Serbia. Very talented. Everybody's saying, oh, he's like the easiest pick in the second round. You know, easy pick because you don't have to guarantee him money and you get to have, be patient and wait two to three years for him to come to the United States and he's gonna be a powerful, dangerous guy. He's gonna kick some butt. So Timberwolves center of the future. Yeah, not a bad idea. Was it four picks later, three picks later, the Wolves acquire Mario Chalmers, and I stand up applauding that pick. So excited. Here we go, baby. O.J. Mayo, Pekovic, and Chalmers. Hey, doesn't get any better than this. They even showed the Wolves draft board before everybody else's because it's like, hey, what a nice draft by the Wolves. You get your you get your second superstar, maybe even your number one guy. Maybe he'll be a bigger scorer than Al Jefferson. You get your center of the future who could really work out in a couple of years. You just don't know. And you get a clutch backup point guard. Maybe, you know, maybe even a, a guy you can play with, uh, Randy Foy here and there, and Mario Chalmers, who's a defensive specialist, by the way, who the Wolves could really use. And then it begins. The seesaw battle begins. Now, first of now, all of a sudden, you see the little draft ticker on the bottom. It shows O.J. Mayo, and then it shows Chalmers' rights traded to Miami, or Maya, you know, the <laughs> MIA. I'm like, oh, no. Well, yeah, MIA ultimately meant missing in action for Mario Chalmers when it comes to the Wolves. Is Yeah, Mario Chalmers traded to the Miami Heat. And I'm like, no, what are, what are they thinking? No, you can't do this to us. You're torturing us. Yeah, we got two second-round picks for Mario Chalmers. But, hey, you know, yeah, and, and cash. Woohoo! That really makes the fans excited because it's not exactly cap relief. It's just cash. Not cap relief, just cash. So that, that does what for the fans? Zip. Zilch nada. Now, um, we continue to wait and thinking, well, hey, 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 it could be worse, man. We got O.J. Mayo. We could have made that Kevin Love trade, and we'd all be pissed off, right? We'd all be pissed, just like, man, what were they thinking? And uh second round is all over. We're celebrating. We're all excited. We got our guy. Reading all these uh other trades, just, in you know, intrigue. Marcus Forecaster gets in his car and goes home for the night. Wish him a good night, right? All of a sudden, yeah, yeah, I'm about to go to bed. It's about midnight. All of a sudden, the phone rings, and it says the forecaster on my phone. And then I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, no. This can't be good news. I answer the phone. What does Marcus say? He says, Joey, we bleepin' did it. And I knew exactly what had happened. Kevin Love was a wolf. O.J. Mayo was a grizzly. Ah. Oh. Now, I'm not as upset about it at the, right now as I was then, but I'm telling you, that was a complete heartbreaker. It totally, totally 
<laughs> took all the wind out of my sails at that point. I saw five weeks of campaigning success go right out the window. Five weeks of just praying we get mail out the window in a heart, in a, just in one second, boom, gone. But then you start thinking, hey, you know, we did get Mike Miller. It's not like he's a bad player. No. Oh, we got rid of Marco Yarich. You know, Antoine Walker. Mm, Antoine Walker, well, that was a $10 million cap relief, but, but we get the cap relief the next year. As, uh, Collins and Cardinal come off the cap the next year. And 2010, which occurs two years from now, is when all the really big free agents will be available. So that's really good, right? Really good? A really good thing? We're going to be way under the cap. The only problem is, who's going to sign here? The Chicago Bulls tried that, remember? They thought they were going to get Grant Hill and Tracy McGrady and or Tim Duncan. Oh, Tim Duncan just re-signed to the Spurs. Oh, crap. Grant Hill signed with the Magic? Why didn't he come here? We have all the money in the world. Oh, Tracy McGrady signed to the Magic, too? Oh, come on, man. Yeah, that could be us two years from now. <laughs> but, hey, whatever. I mean, at least we're going to have some cap space. That's the one good part about it. That's the one good part about it. At least we're not going to be strapped with the Hudson contract, the Yarich contract, the Mark Blunt contract. Uh, just God knows who else. I mean, <laughs> we have nobody really under long-term, long, long-term deals other than um, – Al Jefferson and, you know, like the Corey Brewer, Randy Foy rookie contracts. Big deal, right? Because they're just rookie contracts. So that's the good part. The bad news is there is no clear-cut number two star on the Timberwolves roster. Is Kevin Love going to be that? Nah, he really, he isn't. But there is a small chance, this is the big hope for me, Kevin Love turns into a Tom Gugliotta, a tough guy who can just kind of score and play some smart basketball and do some nice outlet passes. Tom Gugliotta was a wonderful passer on this team. And the Wolves have needed a Tom Gugliotta ever since he left. They have never, ever replaced him. Never. So I guess that's the way it's going to be. Kevin Love hopefully will be the next Tom Gugliotta. Uh, your point guard position is still very much up in the air. A lot of people would just kind of slap me in the face with their, Hey, Randy Foy, man, Randy Foy. But there's talk that Randy Foy, you take away his left hand, and he sucks. When you have a weakness that's that glaring, what what the hell is this? You're using the sixth overall pick, or, well, you'd use the sixth pick on Brandon Roy and trade him. Brandon Roy, you know, the perfect first name, ROI, Rookie of the Year, Roy, for Randy Foy, a guy who can't go left. Oh, great. Good job, guys. Timberwolves classic. Now, I would think that's something that can be adjusted, but if we're two years into his NBA career and it's still a major issue, and I mean a big issue, that's a, you know, they call it a tail around the league, and people know about that. People know that, that that's a major weakness of Foy, and they just focus on that until he proves them wrong or overcomes it. You use this, oh, boy. You know, that, that makes me sick. You know, I almost... <laughs> Every time I even think about that, it's like, wow, using a potential franchise-changing pick on a guy that has a weakness the size of Alaska? Okay. Let's just hope Kevin Love isn't the same way. I just, I know, I don't know enough about Kevin Love to rip him or praise him. 
you can't even go on YouTube really and see much. There's just a c- couple. There's like about two or three videos on there, and they're pretty much all high school videos. What is high school gonna do? What does high school have to do with any, you know anything? High school player compared to NBA competition? Nothing, man. It means absolutely nothing. I could go out and kick high schooler players' butts. That doesn't mean I'm going to be a first overall pick in the NBA draft, does it? I'm not in the NBA. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> and I'm a lawn, lawn service guy. And a, yeah. And a customer service guy. Woohoo. Yeah, I'm not quite in the NBA. So it's just, you know, really hard, not much to go with right there. It's all just... Kevin McHale, I hope you finally did something right. It's been a long time. Uh, you traded Danielle Marshall for Tom, oh, Danielle Marshall for Tom Gugliotta many years ago. That trade worked out excellently for a while as Gugliotta turned into an all-star and, uh, did very well for the Wolves. Unfortunately, didn't stay here for very long and had injury issues after that with the Phoenix Suns. And before you know it, he was a role player and, uh, was, career was over. Too many injuries. Now, Hopefully Kevin Love isn't that as well. I mean, obviously that isn't, <laughs> that's just fate with Tom Gugliotta. I hope Kevin Love can be another Tommy Gunn. That'd be nice. Maybe even better. Who knows? But that's just where we're at right now. Uh, any Larry Bird or Kevin McHale comparisons to Kevin Love? Imbecilic, idiotic, moronic. Too early to say. You never know, but very, very hard to compare to the Celtic legends. And uh, with that, I'm going to end the Wolves talk for now. As uh, Well, actually, I'll throw in a couple things real quick here. Qualifying offers were made to Ryan Gomes, Craig Smith, and Chris Richard. Now, that does not mean that they're signed. It's just there's, that they're, the Wolves are, are, have the, uh, the option to match as they remain restricted free agents, those three guys. They have the option to match any offer. That is made to them. So that's if Craig Smith gets $5 million a year, I think he's going to go bye-bye. And, uh, no, he's not going to get that. But just saying, just using that as an example. Uh, not the case with uh, Sebastian Telfer or Kirk Snyder, two guys that were very key to the Timberwolves in the second half of the season last year. Uh, Sebastian Telfer. Now, unfortunately, yeah, see, the Wolves would have had to give a minimum of $3.5 million in that qualifying offer. They would have to guarantee $3.5 million to Bassey. The Wolves obviously don't see him to be worth that much. Neither do I, actually. I didn't realize it was that high. I should have checked, but that's how it goes. $3.5 million, man. That's a lot of money. So uh, we'll see how that goes. It's really hard to say. Uh Ryan Gomes, I absolutely am a proponent of him. I think he is absolutely a just a wonderful basketball player. Not a great player, but a really good basketball player. Really smart, really key. Just the kind of guy who, you know, you want a guy like that on your team. He's like a poor man's Shane Battier. He can hit shots. He can uh, play defense. He can pass. He, he gets it done. He makes his free throws. Just an intelligent individual. I want him back on this team. Craig Smith. Guy who can really go off offensively, gives up a little on defense. Marcus loves him. Forecaster just loves Craig Smith, wants him back. We'll see what happens. Hard to say. Chris Richard, well, didn't get much playing time. He's capable of blocking some shots. He's a nice potential backup center, even though he's 6'9". He's athletic enough to be a backup center in the NBA. Or, of course, power forward. So that's where we stand. Kirk Snyder, a really 
Nice defensive specialist. He's better than Trenton Hassel. I would absolutely take him back if, if at the right price if we can get him. Kirk Snyder, definitely a guy I want back on this team if possible. If possible, I want him back. Uh, but there's only so many roster spots. Now, that's not saying we're deep. That's just saying there's only so many roster spots. You can't have everybody. So um, we're going to have to see what happens. The thing is, you lose Telfair, you're going to have to get somebody completely new. As uh, Yarich is gone, praise the Lord. But, of course, he's, there's no backup point guard left on this roster. Yarich gone. Uh, Buckner, who a guy who could kind of play point guard, he's gone as well. I forgot to mention he was a part of that trade. So yeah, Walker, Yarich, and Buckner also gone. Thank God. None of them a factor for the Wolves. Uh, Yarich gets playing time, but I hate him. I just, I don't want him on this team. I'm so glad he's gone. Um, of course, yeah, the Wolves getting Brian Cardinal, Jason Collins, Mike Miller, big factor. Expensive guy, but he can shoot the lights out. He can get assists. He can, Rebound, so, yeah. Lots of spots on this team. Uh, we have one point guard on the roster right now. Will Toyles Telfair be the other one? Or will it be somebody else right now? I have no idea what's going to happen. I really have no idea. There's no indication whatsoever. Nothing coming out of the grapevine just yet. As uh, Unfortunately, all teams can do is negotiate right now and not officially sign. So we're going to see what happens. It's going to be uh, July 8th, I believe, is when the window opens. Oh, by then, hopefully we'll have some more answers on episode number 19 when it concerns the Minnesota Timberwolves. And with that, we're going to conclude the Wolves talk. And we are going to move into the Twins right here and now. And unfortunately, it is going to be abbreviated as uh, the show can only go so long just because that's the way it goes with podcasting, but also... Because, you know, there's just so much else going on with the Wolves and Wild. That's probably going to quiet down, especially with the Wild. As uh, I think free agent market's going to shrivel up like a grape, you know, into it, like a grape into a raisin. I think that's what's going to happen with the uh, the Wild. Probably with the Wolves, there's going to be, well, there's going to be more news with them. And, yeah. With that, though, the Minnesota Twins are nine games above 500. Nine games above 500. And, no, unlike... Some people who really were upset at me when I made a very critical YouTube video about the Minnesota Twins last November when they lost Yohan Santana and Torrey Hunter, how I criticized both players and I also criticized the team for being greedy, the Twins being too cheap, the players being too greedy, and you get the idea. And I was angry at the team at the time, but, uh, you know, I really do like these new guys. I really like Gomez. Delman Young has not worked out yet to this point, but... Ladies and gentlemen, the Minnesota Twins have a very deep pitching staff. Now, there's no major star. There's no ace to this pitching staff. That's the one thing. There's no ace. It could potentially become Francisco Frankie, Francisco Liriano in the future. But the pitching staff on this team, I'm telling you, folks, this is a deep pitching staff. Absolutely deep. Kevin Slowey, a guy who I... Had not been happy with at all. Or I, I shouldn't say that. I'm, I'm not talking right. But, I mean, I wasn't too high on him is what I'm trying to say. Wasn't too high on him. I thought maybe eventually he'd turn into something okay. Uh, his win-loss record does not reflect just how well he has pitched of late. Now, his win-loss record is also bad because he did start out poorly, and that kind of reflected on my negative feelings towards him. But uh, Kevin Slowey, 
Now, yeah, he's five and six, but his ERA is 3.47. He recently, his most recent game was a complete game shutout. I believe it was against the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Yes, it was. He had eight strikeouts in the game. Now, Kevin Slowey, up until, what, a couple weeks ago, was not known for strikeouts. You kind of knew him as a Rad Radke type, right? Now, by the way, Kevin Slowey has only nine walks. He's given up nine walks this year. Wow, that is unbelievable. Nine walks in 72.2 innings. Fantastic. His ERA is 3.47. Absolutely wonderful job by Kevin Slowey. He has two complete games this year. Which leads the team. He has a shutout, and the only shutout by the Twins. But still, Kevin Slowey, man, we got something going. Scott Baker, recently returning from injury, and he is overall. He's considered the overall staff ace. He is five and two this year. His ERA, three point six five. Fifty-seven strikeouts for Scotty Baker in sixty-nine even innings pitched. So Scott Baker. Pretty good stuff. Now that's two pitchers right there with ERAs below four, three, or two. Now we're going to go to the guy they call Blackie, Nick Blackburn, a guy who is really emerging as something pretty darn good. He is uh, seven and four. He has started 17 games this year. He is looked on as well. He's the number two guy in terms of he started the most second most games to this point. Uh, yeah, 104.2 innings. 104 and two-thirds innings, I should say, given uh, done by uh, Nikki Blackburn. 58 strikeouts, 16 walks. Now, Baker gave up 12, has given up 12 walks, so that's another great stat right there. Uh, 58 strikeouts, 16 walks. Excellent. 3.78 ERA. That now puts three twins with an ERA lower than four. Three twins starting pitchers. And, you know, that's, that's, this is starting to look pretty good, folks. Pretty good stuff. And then you have Glenn Perkins, a guy a lot of people look on as something, he's going to develop into something pretty darn good. 11 starts this year. 4 and 2. 64 and 2 thirds innings pitched. 4.31 earn run average. Now, Glenn Perkins, this is his first real year of being a full-time starter. And now, of course, as you saw, only 11 games started so far, but here he is. He's finally here. 38 strikeouts, 16 walks. So Blackburn, of course, got better numbers. And, man, he looks good. But uh, Blackburn, of course, hit in the face earlier this year. Recovered from it as good as anyone possibly can. And out of the uh, the four guys I just mentioned, those four young guys, not a single one of them, not a single one of them, when they take the mound, do you go, oh, great, it's his pitch, it's great, he's pitching tonight, we're going to get our ass kicked. You know, that's the way it was with the old Boof Bonser. Boof Bonser started 12 games this year, of course replaced by uh, Glenn Perkins, mercifully. Or actually, I think it was Scott, uh, there was some switching around a bit. Scott Baker probably, I believe, ultimately took him out of there because when he came back from injury, but... Uh, Ultimately, though, Boof Bonser, 3-6, and six, his ERA, 6.15, 58 strikeouts, but 24 walks. Boof Bonser, just inconsistent, gives gives, gives up way too much, uh, and he's in the bullpen now, and he's improved a little bit out of the bullpen. Now, the one kind of, kind of disappointment you can call it, I mean, his numbers aren't that bad, they're not great, but they're not that bad. Livon Hernandez, 
who started out the year just unbelievable. Like, I believe he was 6-1. and one. Unfortunately, he's been on a negative run of late. Levon Hernandez, he's the one starter on the team now that you kind of go, um, hmm. So he's pitching, yeah. Hmm, I, I hope we'll be okay tonight. Uh, yeah, Levon Hernandez has started 18 games. He is 8-5. and five. He has pitched 110 in a third inning. And, uh, innings, sorry. With only 39 strikeouts and 20 walks. 5.22 ERA. Uh, Livon Hernandez, though, if your worst starting pitcher is Livon Hernandez, you're doing pretty good, I think. <laughs> I mean, Livon Hernandez is the kind of guy you look at as a, maybe number two or number three guy, right? Well, he's probably the number five guy right now with the way the Twins pitching staff is going. And you know a veteran like Livon Hernandez who's got some serious postseason success in his career, you know, including MVP of the 1997 World Series, don't forget. You got a pretty good pitching staff, folks. I mean, there's no superstar in that group, not one. But, yeah, like I said, Francisco Liriano eventually is going to be back in that pitching rotation. Eventually. Eventually. Maybe not till the end of the year. But, uh... That gives you reason to smile and be somewhat excited about this team right now as solid pitching outing pretty much every game, folks. Beautiful. And then you also have your catcher, Joe Maurer. He's only got three home runs, right? You know, not much power, unfortunately, but he does have 36 RBI. Not bad. He's drawn 43 walks, which leads the team by far. Uh, he's also batting 326, just absolutely doing a good job. You know, if not a great job, Joe Maurer. But the guy who's got a batting average just one point lower than him at 325, Alexi Castilla. Absolute gem for the Twins this season at second base. Uh, he ultimately replaced uh, Brendan Harris at second. Brendan Harris was rotated over to shortstop as a... Uh, Adam Everett did not work out uh, to this point. He got hurt, but, yeah, um, the guy is batting 189. He does have a home run with, uh, in 7 RBI, but Adam Everett not working out, and uh, he's he most likely going to be gone at some point. Brennan Harris been solid at shortstop. He, and he provides a little bit of offense with his four home runs at 22 RBI, only batting 245. But uh, Alexi Castilla, woo-wee. He's also, yeah, Alexi Castillo has four home runs already and 32 RBI. 32 RBI for Alexi Castillo. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Four stolen bases also for him. So that a huge reason why the Twins offense has taken over. Now, yeah, the Twins offense, they have scored more runs than the New York Yankees so far, which is insane. Did you ever think you'd hear that? This little small ball Twins team has scored more runs than the New York Yankees. Now, that's also coupled with the uh, the solid pitching staff, right? So that tells you something's going on here in Minnesota this year, more than I expected beyond my wildest dreams. As uh, yeah, as I was saying, Twins fans were criticizing me for being upset at the team, thinking that, oh, when this team gets better, you're going to be like, oh, I believed in them all along, you know, that I'd just be a turncoat and be an idiot, you know? No, I'm not going to say for one second that I believed in this team. I didn't believe in this team at all. Not at all. Not until the last week or so when I started noticing, you know, this pitching staff is legit. It's not just luck. It's it's legit for whether I thought it was, oh, they're just having a good outing, but 
uh, you know, be careful how, you know, we've had this happen one too many times where a pitcher looks good and the next thing you know his ERA is 5.50, you know, like, like, boof bouncer, boof. That's pretty much every time the ball, uh, his pitch hits somebody's bat, boof, that thing is out of here. <laughs> yeah, they had that along with Johan Santana, the top home run giver. Oh, burn. Sorry about that, Johan. Yeah, he's doing pretty, no, he's not doing that good in New York. He's doing okay. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, I'm not saying we didn't need him, but I did think he was a little overrated, guys. A little bit, just a little bit. Not much, but a little bit. Now that, but now the batting average, Dilly. Justin Morneau is batting 310. Now this guy is your top power hitter, and he's batting 310. Mm-hmm. Very Kent Herbeck-like, 310. Beautiful. 12 homers. He hasn't been hitting as many homers of late, but, uh, he does have 63 RBI, which is way up there among the league leaders. An absolute all-star. I don't know how he won't make that lineup. No idea how, how he won't make it. Been a huge piece for this team. And uh, that also brings me over now to Jason Kubel, who's the number two power hitter on this team, suddenly. As he quietly emerged late last season... Uh, in, in August and September, Kubel started, uh, accumulating some, some offensive stats. Now he has 12 homers too, and 43 RBI. The batting average was an issue with Jason Kubel earlier on, but now he's batting 263. So, starting to slide up a bit. Jason Kubel is outplaying Michael Kadir right now, definitely offensively. Uh, Kadir is all the way down to 252. He's only got three homers. He does have 35 RBI, so that's nice. But Kadir is not the kind of guy I count on with runners in scoring position. He, you know, he reminds me of Jacques Jones. Sometimes he's going to get hot, and sometimes he's going to be as cold as ice. You know, he's just going to throw, you know, you're going to get a double play and the inning's over. That's pretty much what Jacques Jones and Marty Cordova were for this team in the past. So that's kind of how I see Kadir, not the kind of guy I count on. He's back on the 15-day DL, by the way. Twins do not expect him back before the All-Star break. And why should they? With that also, though, like I mentioned, Brennan Harris already got to him. Mike Lamb not doing much for the Twins this year at third base. Kind of been a bust. Well, yeah, he's been a bust. I mean, he's betting 223. One homer, 26 RBI. The RBI total, uh, okay, considering he's not as, had as many at-bats as other people. But overall, pretty much a failure. Uh, Craig Monroe's offensive numbers, not bad, considering he's only had 133 at-bats. Eight homers, eight homers, 26 RBI. But he's only batting 218. That's the one drawback with him. Uh, Denard Spann back on the Twins roster with uh, Cuddy being injured. Might be sticking around. We'll see. It's hard to say. Bernard Spann has a chance to be a really nice top-of-the-order type of player for this team, you know, early order or late in the order, depending on how how it goes. As you want him, you know, you can be a leadoff guy in a particular inning. That's how some people do that with the number eight or nine hitters. Um, Denard Spann, though, four stolen bases in uh, limited time, only had 41 at-bats, so... Guy's got some serious speed. Carlos Gomez, I didn't even mention him yet. Just been phenomenal for this team. Uh, he's dropped off a teeny bit of late. Got off to a hot start. Stolen bases really have quieted down. He does have 21, though. He's been caught stealing eight times, unfortunately. So 
it's quieted down a little bit. Uh, catchers are catching on to him a little bit. But uh, I'm sure adjustments will be made, and uh, young Mr. Gomez is going to be a 50 stolen base guy at some point very soon. Uh, of course, he leads the team in at-bats with 340 because he's the leadoff hitter, and he's played in uh, every game, I believe. Well, no, not every game. He's played in many games, though, almost every game. He's batting 274 with five homers. I didn't know how much power he had, but, yeah, five homers, 29 RBI. Not bad. Uh, he's made some defensive mistakes in the field because he's young and uh, a little brash at times out there. But overall... He's just going to continue to develop, and the Twins have very, very high hopes on that young man. Uh, Brian Busher, though, has been a wonderful find for the Twins at third base. Maybe, just maybe, they might have something going at third base for the first time in a long time since Corey Koski, hopefully. Uh, he's only played in 18 games, only had 62 at best, but he had, and he has, so he has one home run, 16 RBI, his batting average, 339. Brian Butcher looking pretty good. Now, I'm not too excited about him just yet, but he adds a little bit of yeah. He's got a he's got some power potential. He's six foot two twenty two, fairly big guy. Not huge, but big. Last year in eighty two at bats, he had two homers, ten RBI. So with only a two forty four batting average. So uh, at this point, more success, you know, with <laughs> getting on base. And driving runs in. And, of course, not striking out as much. He had struck out 16 times last year, only five this year so far. So good news on that front. Slugging percentage in the 400s, very good. Got it like that. Hopefully Brian Busher can keep it up, and this isn't just kind of a little, you know, lucky run here. He's not a particularly young guy, 26, 27 years old. So that's how Corey Koski emerged. He was about he was in his mid 20s when he finally got some playing time. So hopefully Busher can emerge as a Koski type, as this is how it started. He was all of a sudden his batting, oh, he had a nice batting average, and the power came later. So we'll see what happens with Brian Busher and the Minnesota Twins, as they are two and a half games behind the surging Chicago White Sox. They continue to stave off the Twins, despite the fact the Twins have been on an influential run. They have won eight of their last ten. The White Sox have also won eight of their last ten. Uh, the whole division has been doing really well. The Kansas City Royals have won six out of ten. Kansas City, and that's after losing two in a row. The only team that's really been faltering is the Cleveland Indians, as they are 37-48. and 48. They have lost five games in a row, and only two of their last ten. So... Cleveland Indians could be stellars when it comes to trade time. Detroit Tigers all the way back to 500, despite a horrible start to the season. They are seven and three in their last ten. <clears throat> Excuse me, but a lot of people right now are favoring the Chicago White Sox as they've got rings, they've got championship experience, not just playoff experience. And um, I would favor the White Sox too, but with this Twins team with their deep pitching staff, if they can keep pitching solidly, not elite, but solidly, who knows? You got four guys who can consistently be solid. You got something going, man. You got something going. You got a chance to do something. Uh Twins destroyed the National League just like the last couple of years, and that's how they started their run. 
especially in 2006. The Twins started their run once they started playing the NL. It built up some confidence, and bam, they went from a sub-500 team to a uh, team that could have won 100 games that year if Liriano didn't get hurt. You know, they ended up with 96 wins. That was just a phenomenal run for the Twins. Now, I don't think this team is going to make that kind of run, but, uh, hey, they made, they've made some really nice lineup changes this year by getting Alexi Castilla, giving the, the starting job to Castilla. That job is never going to be lost for, you know, that job is his, his to lose, I guess I should say. Um, so we'll see what happens as the, uh, the Tigers, uh, as I mentioned, who were on fire, the Twins just beat them two games to one, folks. A, a home series, but still, they beat the Tigers, as that was the one team the Twins could not beat in 2006 uh, until the end of the year. So that's good news for the Twins. They took out the Tigers, despite the fact the Tigers were even hotter. So we'll see what happens. The White Sox, of course, the thorn in the Twins' side. They swept the Twins four games to zero recently before the Twins started to really go on a run. So ultimately, we're going to see what happens to this club, and uh, I hope they keep this up. It's very hard to say, uh, but as I was saying, <laughs> for the 4,000th time, four solid young pitchers, anything can happen. Anything can happen. We'll see what happens. Um, hopefully, we'll see Liriano again at some point, and then we can start saying, we're going to win, Twins, we're going to score. But... Uh, Ultimately, we're going to call it a close of the show as finally some extensive Twins talk to go along with some really extensive Wolves and Wild talk. I hope you enjoyed the show a little bit longer today because there's so much to cover. Uh, the next show should be shorter, but, uh, hey, short and sweet for you. And uh, we're approaching about the one-hour mark here. And I want to wish all of you a happy 4th of July. Don't forget to call in the... Uh, the voicemail for TSS, I forgot to mention that earlier. We do have a voicemail line. It is 916-912-4263, 916-912-4263. It is a voicemail. Call in, make your comment, complaint, uh, whatever it is. You treat it as a voicemail saying, I say who you're calling for, which show. Say you're calling for Paladino Live. And... Uh, that go twins, Delman Young sucks, whatever you want to say. Um, make your comment, question, whatever it is, and we'll air it right on the show. You'll be heard worldwide on iTunes and the sportsstuff.com, of course, and wherever else. Mediafly, what have you, Dig, or whatever it's called. Um, but with that, anyhow, I'm going to wish everyone a happy 4th of July. Go America, USA, USA and everyone else. Thank you again for downloading and listening, and have a great holiday weekend. Take care. We'll see you soon for episode number 19. Until then, bye-bye.